The perfect combination of versatile athleisure and training apparel has arrived. Thanks to the visionary minds of New Balance, Clutch Athletics, and Rich Paul, the designs reflect the heart of the athlete and the spirit of the community. With rising defensive football stars Will Anderson and Chase Young on the roster, Clutch Athletics brings the best innovative gear to all athletes, giving them style and performance on and off the field. Learn more and purchase Clutch Athletics at newbalance.com. This is Fantasy Football Today from CBS Sports. On his way to the end zone. I'll tell you what, that was a spectacular play. It's time to dominate your fantasy league. What a play! Off to the races! Some combination of Adam, Dave, Jamie, Heath, and Ben. It is Friday. A happy Friday for the Indianapolis Colts. I got a little dicey there at the end. We'll recap the game. And is it a happy Friday for Odell Beckham? Free Odell Beckham, you say? He has been free. I don't know if you say that. But he has been freed. He has been released. The end of an era uh, in Cleveland. Pretty interesting stuff. We've got six NFC home games to take a look at. Taysom Hill. Will uh, hopefully be starting, and uh, the Chargers-Eagles game is fascinating. The Cardinals-Niners game, Dave, fascinating. Also yeah, fascinating. They should, they should play it on Madden because none of the actual players are going to be in good enough shape to play. Oh. Well, that well maybe they can play it on Madden. We will petition the league. Anyway, welcome to your Friday show, and we will uh, we'll get into it. We'll give you all the injury updates as well. And talk about Beckham a little bit. First, Colts 45. Oh, Colt 45. And Giants, or Jets hey. 30. Sorry, Jets 30. Uh, bad football teams on the mind here. So, eh, that's kind of <laughs> lame for Michael Carter, right? That's kind of yeah. lame. What happened? Well, I, I don't know if it's Mike White getting hurt or the Jets saying we need to change up what we do, or maybe it's a little bit of both, but you had to figure that they couldn't get by throwing little passes five, six yards past the line of scrimmage to running backs and slot receivers and tight ends. And Mike White did air it out a little bit more in the time that he played the touchdown to Elijah Moore's proof of that. And uh, when he got hurt, Josh Johnson came in and it just seemed like a little bit of a different type of an offense. Johnson, a little more focused on, throwing downfield more so than dinking and dunking his way. And as a result, only one catch, although he had two plays that count as passing plays yeah, that, uh, that helped him out. <laughs> Look, uh, this was bound to happen. It's unfortunate that it happened here. Carter with the dud. Yeah, look, he had 86 total yards, so it's not, it's not the worst thing, you know? I mean, yeah. But, but I think everybody expected more, especially in PPR leagues, man. Yeah. Like, I, I knew that he wasn't going to be able to get eight, nine catches, something like that. But I was still expecting in the neighborhood of five. Mm-hmm. Especially Maybe on 52. Okay with four. He had officially won. 52 pass attempts, you know. That's what's really surprising. And then you get that annoying Ty Johnson touchdown catch, and you're thinking, why can't that be Michael Carter? But at least we have... Maybe a coming out party for Elijah Moore. So let's say Maybe. I know I know you can't do it right now. You can only pick up Beckham now. But if you could in you know fantasy land, pick up Beckham or Elijah Moore. Who would you pick up? Uh, without knowing what team Odell Beckham's going to, 
mm-hmm. I'd probably say Odell Beckham. Okay, 63%. And that's not to say that I don't like Elijah Moore. You guys know how much I like Elijah Moore. Uh, the first touchdown, I think, was a defensive breakdown. Xavier Rhodes really played it like crap. Second touchdown was good. He still got hit into the end zone on the play. There were a couple of plays that I saw. I only had a chance to watch a few of the snaps um, where he wasn't separating like I thought he could. But he was getting open enough, obviously, to get the targets and catches that he got. I expect him to continue to be at least serviceable for the Jets moving forward. But this is a guy I'm really focused on more for 2022. I think he has a he's got the breakout year coming. Was this a breakout game? Maybe. We'll see how he does against easier matchups moving forward. Well, that won't be next yeah. week because they have Buffalo, but then they have exactly. Miami right. and Houston. You can't trust me, it's Buffalo. Yeah, Miami and Houston after that. So maybe we can revisit uh Elijah Moore, sure. who's only 13%. We can roster. see what kind of playing time he has against the Bills and then go from there. So listen, uh, the they can run the ball. Those Indianapolis Colts. Jonathan Taylor is pretty solid player. He's now. Let's see. You saw him almost break one earlier in the game. I'm glad he got his chance to do it. Yeah. The Thursday night prop went over. That's yeah. Always good. Ooh, two and in a row. Taylor. Taylor is now the guy who might replace Derrick Henry at the top of 2022 fantasy drafts. Uh, Dave. By the way, Dave did watch the game. Dave likes to watch the film after the game to break down Elijah Moore's... Because somebody said in the chat, Dave didn't watch the game, LOL. No, he watched the game. He didn't have a chance to watch the All-22 yet. There's watching and then there's watching. Right, so... uh, but that's there's that. All right. So t- so it's, how much are you buying Carson Wentz? Obviously, we're buying Jonathan Taylor. This is now six straight games with 110 or more total yards for Taylor. He's terrific. Surprising game, I'd say, from Naheem Hines. But you wonder if they just know the Jets really struggle against running backs mm-hmm. in the passing game, and they got him involved. And and then he had that long touchdown run, which that's just weird. Well, I but. think once he had that long touchdown run, they knew that he could be a, a bigger part of the game plan but they were getting him involved even before then so yeah i I think it was pretty evident early on that the colts knew they'd be able to run the football on the jets and which in most many teams haven't been able to do so kudos to them but all right carson wentz started in 59 percent of leagues scores 29 fantasy points that's now six straight games with 20 or more and he i don't know he had kind of been doing it in sort of sloppy fashion but getting that second touchdown every week this was mm-hmm. just a terrific game for Carson Wentz. Um, and you see when an NFL quarterback could just sit there and not have any pressure in his face. It's just a beautiful thing. Um, but how much are you buying him going forward uh, with Jacksonville, Buffalo, Tampa Bay? A, a mix of good and bad matchups coming up. Uh, it's a mix of amazing and horrific matchups because he's got <laughs> Jacksonville next week, and that's another one where he should be able to pick them apart. I would expect Wentz to be in the conversation of the top 12 quarterback next week. Then he's got Buffalo. No one's going to use him when he's playing at Buffalo. Then he's got Tampa Bay. Some people might be interested in playing him against Tampa Bay. We'll see what that defense looks like by then. And then he's got Houston in week 13 and then a bye in week 14. Obviously, the game against the Texans is one that you'll you'll want to see him in. The Colts still think they're in it. I, I'm sure the Colts look at their schedule and they look at their situation in the division and they say, we can somehow, some way, get back into this if we can just keep winning games. So I don't think they're going to take the foot off the gas at all. I think they're totally comfortable having Wentz as their quarterback at this point. Are they going to lean on him? Not necessarily. I think they want to lean on Jonathan Taylor in the run game a little bit more, but at least balance is something they'll try to do from game to game. 
Wentz is uh, okay for fantasy. I don't think you should cut him anytime soon. Okay. This was not the most... uh, That's kind of what I said about last week's game, the Thursday night game. This this game didn't change all that much for fantasy. It was what it was, and maybe it's Elijah Moore, but um, I think basically everybody delivered except Carter didn't have enough catches. And let's see, Ty Johnson was started in 7% of leagues. So he came through with with an okay game with that late touchdown. We've got more to talk about today on CBS Sports HQ, noon Eastern. But on Sunday, it's 10 a.m. Eastern until 1 p.m. Three hours of fantasy football coverage, plus some gambling advice and player props and all those types of things. So check out CBS Sports HQ. You get some inside info from the CBS gang. It's great stuff. If you want an edge while setting your DFS lineups, Check out the Fantasy Football Today DFS podcast Tuesdays and Thursdays, deep dives into pricing and matchups with real experts, okay? Guys who have done a great job great job for themselves in DFS. Uh, so check out Stamfel, McClure, and Najad uh, setting your DFS lineups with the Fantasy Football Today DFS podcast. I've got three big questions for you, Dave Richard, for Fantasy Week 9. Ready? Hit me. All right. I wouldn't do that. I like you. Wouldn't hit you. All right. And wouldn't hurt you if I did. Who makes you nervous this week? Didn't we have a conversation off air about DJ Moore? Yes, no, it was did. on the air. We, it was during our live stream oh, on yeah. Thursday. It, we were having so much fun on that. It felt like we were off. Air. <laughs> yeah, it's true. Uh, yeah, man. DJ Moore going up against the Patriots. Bill Belichick knows that DJ Moore is a really good receiver. I think defenses have started to try to take him away. And I would be, I'm, I'm nervous to start DJ Moore. I think I'm going to end up doing it in the leagues where I have him, but it's going to be more as like a low end number two wide receiver. Yeah. He's, he headlines the list. You, I think we said we'd start Pittman over him, right? Oh yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. so that uh, will probably pay off if, if anyone made that decision, you know, the truth is it's a really bad wide receiver bye week. Uh, as I look at my rosters, I'm pretty depleted at wide receiver. So the one league I have sure. DJ Moore, I can't sit DJ Moore. And I, we're not calling him an outright sit, but he makes you nervous. Um, Devontae Smith, I was actually surprised he was as high as he was in your rankings because he makes me very nervous against the Chargers. They've been excellent against wide receivers. I'm not sure any any wide receivers had 80 yards against them. Maybe more, it's like 85 or something. Uh, and then, you know, this guy hasn't scored since week one. So... I don't know that I think I'm I think I'm sitting in for another guy who makes me nervous, Kadarius Tony in one league. But those mm-hmm. are two guys I just don't want to start. I, I don't know. It doesn't feel like a super deep week at uh, wide receiver. I'd start Judy over uh, Tony and, and Smith. I'll tell you that. I would, too. Um, the one thing that stands out to me about Devontae Smith is that the Chargers could be without both of their starting corners. Well, that's a good point. Devontae Samuel, <laughs> Mike Davis. Um, not they haven't practiced yet this week, I believe. We'll see what the report says on Friday. Yeah, that's but if a they're good. out, that means that there's th- those great corners that they have. Uh, they won't be so great, and then it'll be a matter of just how much Philadelphia wants to throw the football. He's no better than a flex anyway, even if the Chargers are down to second-string cornerbacks. And I'm a little nervous about Daryl Williams. And you didn't get to talk about him yesterday when we did the Kansas City Green Bay game, but Gore obviously has a role, and. Um, Williams is not he's not running the ball well. He doesn't run the ball well typically. So I'm a little I'm a nope. little nervous about him. Packers have allowed at least nine touchdowns to a running back in their last six games. Two of them were receiving. Williams now, could at least <laughs> at least back. nine touchdowns to a running back. Uh nine total touchdowns. Oh, it's more than that. 
Wait, so nine touchdowns. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It kind of sounded like every running what back. I say? Well, it sounded like you said the Packers have allowed at least nine touchdowns to a running back in I don't know. It sounded I'm like sorry, they, I shouldn't have said at least. Nine <laughs> touchdowns yeah. to running backs in their last six games. Okay, there we go. Oh, the right, has had at least 83 total yards in three of those last five games. I, I think it's okay. I think Daryl Williams is an okay start. We know he should be the the running back that plays the most for the Chiefs against Green Bay. Okay. Uh, Adrian Peterson or Jeremy McNichols? This is your second big question, or neither. Second big question. Peterson, McNichols, or neither? Yeah, I'm glad neither is an option because that's probably the option that I would take. But <laughs> not everybody has that opportunity. Um not everybody is loaded at running back, and you might have picked up a Titans running back. The thing that stands out to me about McNichols is that he's already been playing in passing down situations for the Titans. He's played 76 snaps on third and fourth downs out of 120 third and fourth downs. I should probably turn that into a percentage, but I haven't done that yet. Uh, that's more than twice as many than Derrick Henry's played. So that's a part of the offense that the Titans don't have to change. They're already comfortable with McNichols in that role. They can increase his role as a rusher on top of that. And he could end up being the best running back for the Titans this week, especially in PPR. So if I had to pick between those two for this week, especially since they're playing the Rams, they're going to trail. Probably going to be a lot of pass-heavy situations for Tennessee. McNichols will be the one on the field. And final question. Can you believe the Browns released Odell Beckham? Can you remember how excited we were when he got traded to the Browns? And just, it has not worked out, let's just say. It really... uh it hasn't, and I'm a little surprised that they're doing it. I'm surprised they didn't try and come to a resolution. There was obviously a lot more going on than just Odell's dad um, tweeting stuff or posting stuff. Yeah, We'll see what happens to him. Uh, th there's In my mind, there's a chance that he ends up going to Kansas City or Green Bay or the Rams, and he has you know this awesome opportunity to try and win a ring while he's in a complimentary role. But if they release him, I believe he's subject to waivers. I mean, what happens if the Lions put in a waiver claim for Odell Beckham or something crazy like that? So we'll see. We'll see what happens to OBJ, um, whether or not he ends up being a factor in fantasy. Yeah, it's hard to diagnose. I mean, is he not good anymore? I don't think we know. I, I think there are times when he looks like he could be really damn good. Obviously, not, not a great connection with Mayfield. And injuries may have taken a toll. But I, I would just I really want to see what's left in the tank for him. It's easy to forget he was arguably the best wide receiver in football. He had a little probably a four year run where he was just tremendous. He was outstanding. He yeah. was absolutely outstanding. And look, I'm I'm an amateur when it comes to watching film, but when I did watch Odell, he was separating. He had speed. He can get open. I'm just not sure if he's I, I can't say exactly what it was with Mayfield. There was the, a game, I can't remember who they were playing, but it it was like week four, week five, right around the time when he came back. And I was all in on Odell for that matchup. It was a favorable matchup. He was getting open. It might have been Houston. I'm not sure. I can't remember the opponent. But Mayfield was missing him like crazy. Mm -hmm. He was getting open. He would have had a touchdown, a deep touchdown late in the game. Baker missed him by several yards. So if he gets with an accurate quarterback, it wouldn't surprise me in the least if Beckham had some pretty huge games to round out the season. If you've got Beckham on your team... Might as well keep him on your bench. Let's see what happens. I think that was the Minnesota game. Could have been. Yeah. Two catches for 27 yards on seven targets. Yeah. 
Okay, well, we're going to take a quick break on fantasy football today. When we come back, all the news and notes that you need to know. A lot of ends, a lot of alliteration in that sentence. I like it. So let's take a break here. We'll tell you about Kyler Murray, DeAndre Hopkins, George Kittle, uh, etc. right after this. What's up, everyone? I want to tell you about a car that you are going to love. Check it out. The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The all-new Hyundai Santa Fe's features like available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, I love that, available dual wireless charging pads ensure that you can take on any adventure. So let's say you're ready to take the family on a camping trip or something like that. The Santa Fe is perfect for you. You've got all-wheel drive. You can load everyone up in the third row. It's time to start being adventurous, and you need the right car, and that's the Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. Here are your news and notes. Kyler Murray and DeAndre Hopkins mispractice. You're ranking both of them, Dave. What do we need to see here uh, to, you know, to feel confident in them? Like to see them practice on Friday, at least on a limited basis. That would certainly help. Can you imagine if we we get to Friday and they don't practice and they're listed as questionable, then fantasy managers are going to need to come up with a plan B for both of these guys. The bigger issue is that Kyler, we saw last year when he wasn't healthy, he was a nightmare. He was not putting up fantasy points at all. He already hasn't been rushing nearly as much this year as he had last year. So I don't know how much people are going to be willing to trust Kyler Murray this week. And if Kyler's not playing at 100%, then even if DeAndre Hopkins were at 100%, how good would he be? His quarterback speed up. So there could be a chance here we're downgrading all the Arizona Cardinals by Friday. Yeah. And if they're ruled out, then it's going to be an absolute mess. In his last 10, six games, in the last six games, he's the number 10 quarterback in fantasy, Kyler Murray, and he's per game, he's 12th in four point and 14th in six point per passing touchdown leagues. So weeks one and two were huge for him. Last six games, he's been low end starter. Uh, Christian McCaffrey practiced. You expect him to play? Not yet, but we'll see. It'll be interesting how the well, – he's still technically on the IR, right? He's just yeah. – the window's been open for him. Mm-hmm. So we'll see what the Panthers do. They're going to have to make a move. I would imagine that if they activate him and they would have to do that well before Sunday, then you can expect him to play. Uh, Michael Gallup practice, but we don't know if he's going to play yet. George Kittle. That sounds like he's a week away. Okay. George Kittle, you guys are ranking. So you expect yes, him to play? we're expecting him this week. Eli Mitchell has still, I don't think he took on any contact in practice. No, but he did practice. He took a step forward, and that's a good thing. I would expect him to practice again on Friday. My hunch is that he plays. Okay, if he doesn't play, Hasty or Sermon? Ugh. I would be I would be moving to somebody else. Wouldn't want to start either one, honestly. If I had to start one of them, I guess it would be Sermon. But remember, Jeff Wilson's practicing too. There's a chance they could activate him That's before true. Sunday. Hasty. If they do, then that probably that makes me think that they're rushing him back a little bit because the original timetable for him was late November. This is early November. We shall see on uh, on Mr. Wilson. He's oh. still out there in a handful of leagues, by the way. You should stash him. A little Dennis the Menace reference there, Dave. Mr. Wilson. 
mm-hmm. that's what you were going for. Terod Taylor is going to start for Houston. That's cool. Taysom, Taysom Hill has not been cleared yet, but is trending in the right direction. I don't remember. It's looking like he's going to start. It, I don't remember an official announcement that he's going to start and not Trevor Simeon, though. Did that happen? That's true. No. Well, they don't. They can't make that announcement if he's still in the concussion protocol. That would be a little silly for them to do. Well, they could say he's our starter if if he clears. I haven't heard that. No, we haven't heard. It. You're right. There is a chance that Taysom Hill could clear concussion protocol, and the Saints stick with Trevor Simeon at quarterback. Hopefully yeah. that that's one we need clarity on before Sunday for sure. Because I, I know in one of my leagues, I benched Carson Wentz for Taysom Hill. Mm. And so I, I'm working under the assumption that Hill's <laughs> going to play. I know what's on my waiver wire. There are a couple quarterbacks there that I'm okay with starting in case Taysom Hill doesn't play. But I, I this is one that we definitely need to hear from Sean Payton on. And he might play coy. He might say, well, we just don't know. Matthew Stafford and Robert when Matthew Stafford and Robert Woods both miss practice. I don't think we're panicking yet, especially on Stafford. No, not yet. Okay. Devontae Adams is back. And David Montgomery could be back this week. Ooh. If he is back, any hesitation on starting Montgomery at Pittsburgh? Sure, because it's a difficult matchup. It's one the Bears... <clears throat> excuse me. That sounded mm. terrible. <laughs> it's one the Bears could fall behind in pretty quickly. And yeah, there's a chance maybe they say, all right, Montgomery. There, there's a bunch of different ways here. They could say Montgomery doesn't need to play because we're falling behind. Uh, they could say Montgomery doesn't need to play that much. We could just get his feet wet, and then we've got the bye. Um, I think the only way he plays and plays a lot is if he's really, really ready to go to the point where he comes out in the first quarter and he looks like his old self. And the only people that would know if he's got a chance to look like his old self are the people who are watching him in practice. That usually does not include the media. This is another one that we need to just take a wait and see. But there's going to be a lot of waiting and seeing. Friday is going to be a very, very important day for about a dozen and a half relevant fantasy players. All right. If David Montgomery is going to start on Monday, would you start him over Daryl Williams and or Chuba Hubbard? Well, Hubbard, yes, if McCaffrey's playing. Well, no, if McCaffrey right. plays and Hubbard's going to be off the radar completely. Yes, I know um, that. Based yeah. on reports, if, if we get a report saying that Montgomery looks good and he practiced all week and now uh, Nagy intimated that there would be some sort of um, heavy workload for him. They'd give him his role back. Yeah, I would start him ahead of Daryl Williams. Okay. Saquon Barkley tested negative for COVID. He had a false positive, but still seems unlikely to play because he's missed time with the ankle injury, and then he wasn't at the facility because of the false positive. Kenny Galladay apparently seems unlikely to play this week. Cole Beasley... But at was, least he practiced. Yeah, he's making progress. They have a bye next week, so I think they, they should be pretty healthy coming right. out of the bye. Cole Beasley missed practice again with injured ribs. Sammy Watkins practiced. Latavius Murray missed practice, so it looks like Devontae Freeman for now. Um, Freeman is the lead back there, but they might use... Who knows what they'll think coming out of the bye... But I would imagine Freeman is still the guy that'll play the most for Baltimore. They're going to be without their starting right tackle and their starting left tackle if you count Ronnie Stanley, who's you know been out. Stanley's not been out for the year. Yeah. Right. Um, but uh, Patrick McCarry, I think is how you pronounce it, he missed practice. I think he's going to miss some time. I think so, too. Do you expect the following players? James Robinson against Buffalo. Uh, he's got to practice on Friday. If he doesn't practice on Friday, it'll be Carlos Hyde time. Dak Prescott, Cooper Cup, or Coop. Although Hyde's a little beat up too, right? Uh, sorry. Uh, is he? I think so. Okay. I was unaware. Dak Prescott, Amari Cooper, Lamb. I think we're expecting all of them against Denver. We don't know about Lamb. 
He had a little. You heard himself in practice earlier this week. Let's see what happens to him on Friday. And Julio Jones. High practice in full on Thursday, so it looks like Carlos Hyde will play. How about Julio? He's been practicing, training in the right direction. Titans need him to step up. Let's go. All right, that's the last game we are previewing today, that Sunday night game, Tennessee at the Rams. Let's beat the waiver wire. You've got four teams on by next week. You've got the Giants, the Bears, the Bengals, and the Texans. So, yeah, not the worst. Um, I don't have a can't great... You can't a DST against the Bears or a DST against the Texans or a DST against the Giants. Yeah, you matter. can't do it. Sorry. And you can't use the Bengals against the Jets and they let you down. In fact, can these defenses stop letting us down against the Jets? That'd be really nice. The Jets have been playing better. You got to give them credit. I will give them credit. Mike White and me went to the same high school. That's big for me. I was rooting for them. <laughs> they got hurt. Uh, <laughs> this is a great question, by the way, in our chat. Did Rambo kill Adrian? I don't think so, but you'll have to ask Heath. You should tweet that at Heath. Uh, okay, so anyway, I don't have great beat the waiver wire options here, but I think Brian Edwards uh, and Donovan Peoples-Jones are two wide receivers who could be thrust into bigger roles, more for deeper leagues. Alex Collins is only 69% rostered. If uh, He's going to be the starting running back if, uh, if Chris Carson's not back next week at Green Bay. If, so, right. We don't know. Carson could be back. Yeah. And that's honestly really all I had. I, there was nothing that... Yeah, usually you're out. good for a couple of DSTs here. And when I saw the notes that there wasn't a DST, I immediately looked to see if there were any DSTs. And yeah, I kind of came up empty too. Well, the, I think the ones that I really liked are, are rostered in most leagues. Right. You know, you look at who's playing the Jets and they'll let you down. But anyway, that's the Bills. Um. Who's playing the Lions, Pittsburgh? Who's playing the Jaguars, the Colts? They're rostered and they're not on waiver. They're not free agents right now. Mm-hmm. Um, Tampa Bay, if people drop them, you can get them at Washington. That might not be so bad. That'd be pretty good. Arizona's pretty I just rostered. Don't know how many people drop the Bucks? They're facing Carolina, so yeah, it wasn't a, it wasn't a great week. You can maybe I mean I would say Justin Fields, but he's got to buy next week just to see what happens, you know. But. Taysom Hill. Taysom Hill's beat the waiver wire for sure. Next week, he's at Tennessee. That's a good one, actually. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. Well, start meter for the last three games that we are going to talk about. First one's going to be Atlanta and New Orleans. start meter for Matt Ryan at New Orleans. Two. And Taysom Hill. Uh, seven. If he clears protocol and all that, they make it clear he's the starter and not Trevor Simeon. I have deduced that you like Hill better than Ryan. Yes. How'd you know? I don't, I just guessed. Uh, Cordaro Patterson. 10. Mike Davis. Uh, five. Any uh, maybe wide, I'm telling him short. Five and a half. In any wide receiver for the Falcons? No. Any wide receiver for the Saints? I mean, Kyle Pitts. Yeah. But he's a tight end. Okay. <laughs> Who's the best uh, wide receiver that you would uh, start in that game? Kyle Pitts. No, Definitely. don't say that. <laughs> uh, I guess it's Callaway or Traquan. Okay. I'm not thrilled with either one. Kyle Pitts on the startometer, zero to 10. You're starting him. He's a 10. How about Pitts? Hey, he's, like he's like a nine. Oh, sorry. One more. Mark Ingram. Three. 
Patriots at Panthers, Damian Harris against the team that gives up the fewest fantasy points to running backs. Don't necessarily have a great run defense, so it's been a little weird. Uh, Patriots at Panthers, so let's start with Damian Harris, 0-10. to 10. He's a, he's an 8. Just lead running back. There aren't a lot of those these days. You'll start him. <sighs> Jacoby Myers? 4 in PPR, 1 in non-PPR. Oh, this game stinks. If we're not even excited to start... DJ Moore, you know, this game stinks. How about Hunter Henry at Carolina? Four. How about Chuba Hubbard against the Pats? If there's no Christian McCaffrey, he'd be like a seven. If there's a Christian McCaffrey, a Christian McCaffrey. Doesn't even have to be the Christian McCaffrey, Adam. A Christian McCaffrey. Then it's 0.2 for Chuba. All right. How about Tennessee and the Rams? Adrian Peterson, Jeremy, Jeremy McNichols. In full PPR, McNichols would be a five. And Adrian Peterson is going to be like a two and a half in both. Okay. Non-PPR, McNichols is like a four. I do like McNichols better than Peterson for this week. We'll see what happens after this week. And I'm also not convinced that Adrian Peterson is going to be... I'm not convinced that Peterson and McNichols are the only guys in this backfield. They got Deontay Foreman back. He worked in this offense before. He's probably going to get some work. It's going to be sloppy. How about Tannehill? Tannehill's a five. Okay, yeah. Starter. You're not really thrilled with Tannehill. You'd start not Tua, really Taysom. Even if uh, Julio's back. Would you start Carr or Tannehill? I think I have Tannehill ranked higher than Carr. I sank Carr last night. Because of the rugs release? Not just because of rugs, but the Giants defense is playing a little bit better, and we don't know how they're going to... How the I'm not sure how the Giants are going to perform and keep up with that defense without rugs there. And I'm not sure what rugs not being their means to car. Yeah. He, he yeah. leads the team in receiving. It's, you know, it's not something that we should just He changes dismiss. the way defense is played against them. He does. Yeah. Cause oh. of his speed. Um, also in this game, I think, you know, who you're still Robert Woods, Robert Woods, zero to 10. You're starting Robert Woods. He's an eight. <laughs> I mean, it's funny. It, it, yes, I am starting Robert Woods. I have him in two leagues, I think. I'm starting him. But I kind of feel about him the way I feel about DJ Moore. I'm not excited to start him. Tennessee's really bad against the pass, but mm-hmm. but what, what has Woods done? He's, you're lucky when he catches a touchdown. I think he has one game with more than, I don't know, 65 yards? Could be. And that was the game he was targeted like crazy. In. Yeah. Yeah, I, I like him better potential. than DJ Moore in PPR, you believe do? it or not. Now, that might come back to bite me, but I just I would rather start him against a bad Tennessee defense that'll just allow gobs of numbers versus Moore, who's going to get singled out by Belichick and the Patriots. Ah, one game with more than 70 yards and fewer than 50 yards in five of eight games. Mm-hmm. For Robert Woods. Okay, and Tyler Higby against the Titans. Start o meter. Six. Let's go to the games, Dave Richard. We've got Let's Aaron. go. Hey, yay. You know, I was thinking the other day, I really want to go to a game. Any game. I I miss it so much. I haven't been to a sporting event in like two years. Mm-hmm. So I'd like to do that. I was going to take my kid to a high school football game just, just so he could see football, but the season ended, I'm pretty sure. So, <laughs> oops, should have checked the schedule. How about a high school basketball game? Uh, 
Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I still am not sure I want to go indoors with with the, the my little one. But um, okay, I was you know I something outside because I something yeah. outside. Maybe there's like uh, local archery tournaments. I think there are. Oh yeah, we have great archery in Sleepy Hollow. I'm okay, <laughs> perfect. Maybe the Hurricanes will get to the Pinstripe Bowl again, and I could freeze my face off at, at uh, Yankee Stadium. Watch them lose by thirty. Oh yeah. All right, Arizona at San Francisco. Stat of the game, number one. I just mentioned this one. Kyler Murray, weeks one and two, he scored 80 points combined against Tennessee and the Vikings. In the last six games, he is 12th per game in four-point per passing touchdown leagues, 14th in six-point. His 16-game pace in his last six games is not bad. Uh, 4,232 yards, 27 touchdowns, 11 interceptions but only 256 rushing yards and three rushing touchdowns. So it's low-end starter stuff. The Niners are interesting, Dave. They they give up the, the sixth most fantasy points to quarterbacks, but the sixth fewest passing yards per attempt. They have a good pass defense. They give up a lot of rushing totals. You know, I think four rushing touchdowns, 80 yards to Hurts, 100 yards to Fields, that kind of stuff. But that's not that's not even Murray's game. So, it's not... Where did it's you end really up? not, and the ankle injury makes it more of not his game. I think you're the highest guy on Murray, and you got him, I think, eighth. What do you think? You have him eighth. I think I'm nervous putting him that high, but then you measure him up against guys like Tua Tonga-Vailoa and Jalen Hurts and Kirk Cousins, and you have to think to yourself, am I really prepared for kyler murray to not deliver even like 25 fantasy points i think he could do if he's out there playing and if hopkins is out there with him yeah now if hopkins doesn't play is he outside the top 12 he's got to be okay Um, and he had a terrible time he only had 15 fantasy points against the niners in week five right he he's actually the only quarterback that's faced the niners and hasn't scored at least 21 21. points in six point leagues but again it, it hasn't been because of good passing numbers. Um, let me see. In terms of passing yards, only only Jared Goff had like a big game as a passer, and he threw 57 passes in week one. So anyway. Right. That was that fluky week right. one game. Uh, okay, let's go to the... We'll come back to Kyler. We'll compare him to some other players. Uh, well, I'll do, just do it real quick. Tua and Taysom Hill or Kyler Murray? As of now, Kyler is ahead of both of them. Okay. Let's see what the Friday injury report brings. Which Arizona running back do you like better? I like Edmonds better. He's been playing more than Connor, not quite as not as touchdown dependent as Connor. Certainly could be more involved in the passing game. And let's lay it out. Let's say it's Colt McCoy who's starting for Arizona. It probably means that the Cardinals will try and run the ball a little bit more, especially if there is no DeAndre Hopkins. But they're going to have to pass at some point. Every team does. And this is an easy check down guy for him in, in Edmonds who can pick up a little bit more in the passing game. Maybe he gets his way to four or five catches, and that would be something that could give him a a little bit of a boost in PPR. Yeah, I just don't... I don't have a reason to think it's going to happen other than just dumb luck, which I sort of feel is the case for Arizona's receivers, except for Hopkins. When you say dumb luck, you're talking about scoring or you're talking about catching a bunch of passes? Yeah, I, I, okay. there's no rhyme or reason to it. They have so many guys that they evenly distribute the targets to. 
Um, and now, like last week, it's the, okay. You could say, well, well, they were blowing out the Texans, so of course Evans wasn't going to be involved. But last week, he was off the injury report, and they lost. And he had three catches in the game, and two of his carries and one of his catches, and he only had seven carries. Two of his carries and seven, and one of his catches came on the last possession of the game. Uh, you know, here's something that's kind of ne- ne- never gets talked about. Kyler Murray in his first four games, when Edmonds was catching four ga- four or more balls every game, Kyler Murray com- completed 25.5 passes per game. So he averaged 25.5 completions per game. Last four games, he's averaging 21 completions per game. Mm-hmm. It's, you know, it's something. Uh, all right, so Edmonds or... Uh, Is he throwing less? A little Is bit. He's throwing more in those first four games. I think week one, he threw a lot, but... For the most part, he's around 30 to 32 passes most weeks, something like that. So he is throwing a little bit less, but I'm guessing the completion rate must just be lower. So Edmonds or Robert Woods? I think I'd probably prefer Woods. James Connor or Daryl Williams? Williams. James Connor or Zach Moss? Moss. James Connor or Jeremy McNichols? Ooh, I think I'm going to go with McNichols. Let me just make sure my rankings back it up. They do. And PPR, McNichols over him. Okay. You know what it is with Connor. When it's a close it's game. touchdowns. Right. right. When it's a close game, he hasn't had more than 11 carries, and he needs the touchdowns. I mean, there's also the idea that if Arizona really wants to just dial it back, be it because of Colt McCoy in the game or Kyler Murray not at 100%, and they just try and run the football at the 49ers, then that'll mean an uptick in work for Connor. We just don't know if that's what they're going to do. Yeah, I think we yeah. could say that they could lean that way if Hopkins is out. Man, I tell you, this game, almost every player is a tough call to me, except you know you're going to be playing Hopkins if he plays. Um, but you're probably not going to have A.J. Green. So give me your thoughts right. on Christian Kirk. And I, I don't know how you could have confidence in Rondell Moore. I don't think you do, but... He's usually under 30 yards. So give me your thoughts on Christian Kirk. Because like last game, they played without Hopkins, and he didn't really do anything. You're you're hoping that without A.J. Green there, Mm -hmm. Christian Kirk can get a little bit more in the passing game and be Mm -hmm. a little bit more involved. He's been their slot receiver for the majority of this year, but he's played outside in the past. Remember how Fitzgerald was kind of keeping him from playing in the slot when Larry was playing? So he could line up outside to replace A.J. Green if they so choose. And then Rondell Moore could take his spot in the slot, or they can just mix and match those two. Bottom line is I think there would be an uptick in targets for Christian Kirk if Kyler Murray plays. He's a guy that could benefit the most if Hopkins is limited or out, and probably more if he's limited, and if Kyler plays. So if those two things happen, then I think Christian Kirk is in play as a number three type of fantasy receiver. Okay. And Zach Ertz is top 10, a little bit lower for Heath. You know, he is what he is. Mm-hmm. So, okay. <laughs> well, uh, I guess we'll throw out some names. Higby or Ertz? I've got Ertz ahead of Higby right now. Ertz or... Jared Cook is the one that I'm thinking about moving ahead of Ertz. Yeah, Jamie's kind of high on Jared Cook, too. Uh, you yeah, all are. Yeah, it's the matchup. It's the matchup more than anything else. Yeah, okay. Philadelphia started out really good against tight ends, and now not even close. Yeah, recently they've struggled. Let's go to the other side of the ball. Jimmy Garoppolo is a sit, although he's coming off his best game of the year, but he had two rushing touchdowns. I mean, I even think Eli Mitchell's tough. I know he's not ranked as if he is, but his bad game was against Arizona. That was with Mm -hmm. Trey Lance starting and Trey Lance 
you know, hogging all the touches. And I think Lance had 16 carries in that game. Right. It's a totally different offense. Yeah. All right. So tell me what you think about Eli Mitchell against the Cardinals, who are bad per carry, 4.7 yards per carry to running backs, but they give up the ninth fewest fantasy points to running backs. I'm starting Eli Mitchell if he plays. I think that the 49ers have settled on him as their best running back. That's been evident over the past couple of weeks. And I think that he's going to have a chance to have another good game against Arizona because it's not the same type of offense that the Cardinals faced the first time they played the 49ers. That's true. Uh, He's got 17 or more carries in four or five games. And that's only been done by one running back against the uh, Cardinals, and that was Dalvin Cook. They haven't gotten a lot of rush attempts by running backs the last week they did. All right, so you like Eli Mitchell? Let's hope he gets another one. He has three 100-yard games this year. That's pretty impressive. And also some stats I gave on... Yeah. Uh, So what I gave on uh, on Monday's show, he is fourth in the NFL in rushing yards per game, although he might be fifth now. Jonathan Taylor may have passed him. And... As of yes, going into this week, only Nick Chubb had more carries of 20-plus yards than Eli Mitchell. That is so impressive. All right, Debo Samuel, he's a start. Brandon Ayuk, he's a sit, but he's actually not a bad beat-the-waiver-wire guy. Let's see if he can string together a couple of encouraging games in a row. Yeah, he was playing a little bit better last week and certainly playing a little bit more. He's a good bench stash. Starter sit George Kittle. I think you're starting him based on the pedigree of, of him being... Um, a good fantasy tight end. You don't have to expect him to play like, I was going to say expect him to play like Kelsey, but Kelsey hasn't even been playing like Kelsey these days. If you've got a tight end that's got a shot to get you 70 yards and Kittle definitely has that potential, then you're starting him. It's as simple as that. Yeah, I mean, it's crazy. He's George Kittle. He's, you know, he's- uh, he just hasn't played like George Kittle much this year. Well, he doesn't have a touchdown, and but the he, Cardinals have been really good against tight ends this year. R- yes, but you know what I'm going to say to that? They haven't played any. They haven't played any. They gave up 48 yards, 49 yards to Tunyon last week. They did well against Higby, but they faced a very easy schedule. Mm-hmm. Now, my opinion is, when you see a team like the Cardinals, fewest fantasy points allowed to tight ends, but haven't been challenged, if they were actually bad against tight ends, some of those lousy tight ends would have caught touchdowns, would have had yep. big games. So they're probably pretty good against tight ends. Um, but he is Kittle. He has two games out of four with 78 or more yards. Uh, so who who would you start ahead of him other than Kelsey, Walder, Andrews, I'm assuming Pitts? Who would you start ahead of Kittle? I would stick with Pitts ahead of him. Although if I really wanted to be bold, I'd move Pitts behind him because I figure he'll see a lot of Marshawn Lattimore. The Saints will try and double-team him. So I'm a little nervous about Pitts, but too much upside. Uh, Goddard, I would start ahead of of George Kittle. Gasecki, I would start ahead of George Kittle. I okay. think that's probably going to be about it. Okay. And the Cardinals DST I is... I get cute with Fryermuth, for example. Gotcha. Cardinals DST is around 12th. Did you say Dalton Schultz, by the way? Uh, I would start Kittle over Schultz. Okay. Even in PPR. All right, so I... That could change if Lamb is out. That game was really interesting to me. Uh, I'd be curious to see how it plays out. It was a really low-scoring game. I think it was 17-10 to 10 the first time they played. Uh, and very interesting matchups. This one, this next one, I feel the same way. Chargers at Eagles. Yeah. And you've got the stat. The, the note you gave about the, four, the cornerbacks for the Chargers is huge. And I can't believe I forgot about that. I had mentioned it on Monday and Tuesday. Uh, and I think even Wednesday. <laughs> but... Um, yeah, these two teams have been great against wide receivers. They don't give up a lot of big plays. 
and you've got two quarterbacks who have struggled in in tough matchups, and that's what really intrigues me. Now, Hertz has struggled from a passing perspective, but he still gets the rushing work and he scores the points. But Herbert's just been kind of kind of rough in bad matchups so far. So I don't know. Give me, first, before we break down the players, give me your overall thoughts on this game: Chargers at Eagles. I think it's it's two teams that understand that they can't do the same thing every week. When you think about Philadelphia and how they've been playing the past couple of weeks, they've been running the ball a lot more. There was a time this year where they were barely running the football, and Miles Sanders was, you know, becoming irrelevant quickly in fantasy football. And now that they've started to run the football a little bit more, I think they're pretty happy with where their offense is, and they know that it's something not that they need to do, but that they can do, and that their offensive line is healthier. That helps Philadelphia also run the football. I would expect that to continue. I think you look at this Chargers defense, and they've been terrible against the run this year. I think it's obvious what Philadelphia is going to try and do on offense, and at the very minimum, try and be balanced. But if they can find a way to run the ball, especially with Boston Scott and Jordan Howard and Kenneth Gainwell, and I can't believe that's the order that Hmm. this thing shook out in, then you're going to see another soft game from Jalen Hurts, and it's not going to be very pretty. Now, on the other side of the football, the Chargers have run into two really good defenses coached by really good play callers over their last two games. Baltimore with Wink Martindale and Bill Belichick. I know you've heard of him. Those guys did a great job scheming and confusing Justin Herbert. I don't know if Philadelphia can do the same thing. They're going to take some cues from them. That's why I think that Darius Slay could end up shadowing Mike Williams when he does line up on the outside. But Philadelphia's pretty much played heavy zone, excuse me, heavy zone all year long. They might play a little bit more man. They might play a little bit more cover two to try and confuse Justin Herbert. But I think this is going to be one of the easier matchups that Herbert will deal with, provided that his offensive line does a good job protecting him. And Philadelphia's pass rush has started to come alive over the last couple of weeks. Well, yeah, and Brandon Staley last week said, quote, we had some protection issues. The guy Mm -hmm. is getting sped up about Justin Herbert. We're doing everything we can. never good. We're getting everything we can to help those guys up front. So they've got to keep... They've got to keep the pressure off of of Herbert, who you have about eighth. So you have him ahead. Oh, you have him seventh. I think you have. I have spot him ahead, ahead of, of Kyler, Kyler Murray, for example. Yeah. All right. So everybody's got Herbert as a start. He's about eighth, eighth to ninth, seventh to ninth for for all the rankers. And the Eagles. There's only been one quarterback who's thrown for 300 yards, and that's Derek Carr. Not Prescott. Not Mahomes. Not Tom Brady. Mm-hmm. Not Derek. Uh, yes, Derek Carr. Not Matt Ryan uh, against the Eagles. They don't. Right. They but don't look, give up big Eagle plays. Can- They've given up at least 21 fantasy points to five of seven quarterbacks this year. The only two that didn't do it were Goff and Sam Darnold. Um, that, no, and Matt Ryan. The so five of eight. Okay. Matt Ryan, Matt Ryan didn't have 21? I think he was horrible in week one. Am I crazy? Maybe I'm. Maybe it's five of their last seven. Yeah, it's five of their last seven. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, okay, so start Eckler. And then for the Chargers wide receivers, I mean, you've seen Williams two straight games with two catches and less than 30 yards on five targets. And now I think he's going to see some Darius Slay. So start. Yep. who do you like better, Williams or Allen? And are they starts? I have Allen ranked one spot ahead of Mike Williams. I like Allen better. I think he's got the better matchup. And I think that it's been proven now over the last couple of games for the Chargers that if Mike Williams is in tight coverage or if teams are doubling him, which we saw the Patriots do in the red zone on a number of occasions last week, Justin Herbert's not dumb enough to throw it at him. He'll go in a different direction. That's where Jared Cook comes into play. 
because not only is it a favorable matchup for for Jared Cook against Philadelphia, but also that's a guy that's never, ever, ever going to get double teamed when they're in the red zone. Would you start any of the waiver wire guys over Mike Williams? So we're talking Devontae Parker, Boston Scott, um, Peterson, McNichols. The only two that I think I would are Scott and Parker. And right now I've got Parker a notch behind Williams in the rankings. That's one I could see myself changing pretty quickly. All right. Jared Cook is just inside the top 12. Jaylen, and another one that would go ahead of him would be Amari Cooper, especially if Lamb's not there. So, so okay. Let's keep an eye on the Chargers cornerbacks because uh, Jalen Hurts has been horrible throwing the ball against Tough matchups, 198 yards at Carolina, uh, 115 yards against Tampa Bay. Some people might not even consider them a tough matchup, but they've been playing better lately, and their pass rush is obviously really good. And mm-hmm. uh, 18 of 34 for 236 yards at Las Vegas. But in every one of those games, he scored 22 or more points, so that's why it's hard to get away from him. Uh, right. you, you have Herbert ahead of Hertz. Jamie and Heath do not, but they're ranked similarly. Similarly. And the Chargers allow the fourth fewest points to uh, to quarterbacks. So how about this? Dak, Mahomes, Carr, Lamar Jackson, none of them had a passer rating above 88. Uh, Philadelphia running backs. So I'm assuming Scott's the only one you're interested in. Or, or are you interested in Gainwell? No, I'm interested in Scott. Okay. Gainwell, after what we saw last week, how could you possibly be interested? Yeah. W- what can I tell people? to make them believe that Kenneth Gainwell is going to have a, an important role well, in this offense. I mean, he was basically the mop-up guy. Yeah, but they, they threw 14 passes last game, so just just the score might... might um, maybe. Maybe help, we but, just don't know, but because I don't know, I can't trust him. Yeah. And uh, it seemed like Scott was really running ahead of Jordan Howard, so you're the high guy on Boston really? Scott. You got him in your yeah, top Yeah, I don't... I really... Uh, I'm I'm really excited about Boston Scott. I I think he's going to come through. Okay. You know, one of my other favorite things that I like about Boston Scott is that the Chargers are allowing 2.11 yards before contact per rush. That's the second worst mark among defenses in the National Football League. Three yards, it's basically three yards after contact uh, per rush. That's seventh worst. So the the stats, the basic fantasy points allowed stats, they tell a certain story. This is another story that says that they're just not doing a good job of of making contact with running backs after they get the ball and that opposing offensive lines are being able to push their D-line back. And then running backs, when they do make contact, they're still getting three yards on average every single time. So Scott's the lead guy here. He's going to get these good opportunities. They clearly don't have a problem using them in short yardage situations. We didn't see him catch a pass last week. I know he can do that too. Yeah. I think Boston Scott's going to be terrific. Okay. I just a little intrigued by the improvement in run defense as they got their, their top defensive tackle back last week and they had their best game against the run. Um, Devontae Smith is a number three wide receiver. Would you start Devontae Smith or Jarvis Landry? I think I'd start Smith on the upside over Landry. Landry does seem safe in full PPR. Non-PPR to me, it's no question. I'll just take my chances with Smith again, especially if those corners aren't there for the Chargers. But in full PPR, I know that Landry can get me at least 10. Maybe he can get me 16 or 17. We've talked about how he's done in the past when there's been no Odell. Yeah. Okay, so Devontae Smith or Boston Scott? Scott. 
PPR, Devontae Smith or Damian Harris? Harris. Dallas Goddard is top five for Dave. Harris, by the way, had a pretty good game last week running against the Chargers. Yeah, but he but he, he had, had twenty three carries or something. Of it I don't. He he had a pretty inefficient game. It was like three point eight yards per carry. I don't know off the top of my head, but it was their best performance in that regard. They did give up a touchdown, but I, Harris had over twenty carries. All right, here's the Giants and the Raiders. Stat of the game: These two teams rank third and fourth in yards per catch allowed to wide receivers. These are teams that keep everything in front of them. And uh, they don't give up a lot of big plays in the passing game. Additionally, the Giants gave up a 70-yard rush, uh, rushing touchdown to Melvin Gordon in week one. That is the last time they allowed a 20-yard carry. So I don't know if you're going to get a lot of big plays in this game. I think that's the last time Melvin Gordon had a 20-yard carry, too. Probably. And he might have had a couple of other ones between then and now. but I meant to say this, and I, I, sorry I forgot. Uh, the Chargers-Eagles game, the total there is actually 50, which which I would take the under, but that surprises me. In this Giants-Raiders game, the total is 46.5, and, and the Raiders are currently three-point favorites. They open at 2.5. Um, all right, Derek Carr, he's been pretty good this year. Like him, love him. What do you think? Hate him? Oh, I'm nervous. I'm, I'm not sure what we're going to get out of Derek Carr without Henry Ruggs there. We talked about that earlier in the show. The Giants have taken advantage of sloppy quarterback play over the last two weeks. They have eight sacks, six game against Carolina. They've had the sixth best pass rush pressure rate over the last two weeks. And the Giants are still tied with the six most quarterback passing touchdowns allowed on the season. But I, I just think that they've taken advantage of some inefficient quarterbacks. Carr has been better, at least better than Darnold. And I don't know, I think that he can be okay. I'm just a little nervous. I'm, I'm trusting some other quarterbacks ahead of Derek Carr. Cousins, I'm trusting ahead of Derek Carr. Tua, for sure. Taysom Hill, if he plays. Tannehill, I'll start ahead of Derek Carr. But not Daniel Jones, right? Not Daniel Jones. Who's your favorite running back in this game? My favorite running back in this game is going to be Josh Jacobs. Um, By a lot over Booker, or are they close? I've got Jacobs as a top 12. Booker's more of a number two. Okay. I like them both. I'd be totally comfortable starting both. Josh Jacobs. Longest, he's got 60 carries this year. What's his long? Uh, 23. 15 23 yards. 15, 15 yards. yards? Yes. Pretty lame. Okay. Uh, but yes, it's tough to sit him. Giants give up the eighth most fantasy points to running backs. So they've been a little bit better. The defense has definitely played a little bit better lately. Uh, wide receivers for the Raiders. Is Renfro a must start? If Jacobs is playing, I would say that he's not a must start. I'd like to think that he usually gets more work when the run game can't get going. And I think the run game will be okay for Las Vegas. And we, oh, by the way, you're not starting Kenyon Drake, are you? Uh, if I'm in a pinch in PPR, I don't mind. Okay. Uh, Renfro or Devontae Smith? I think I have Renfro ranked higher. Hunter Renfro or... Sorry, putting a little backbeat on that. Hunter Renfro or Miles Gaskin? Uh, Gaskin. We're grooving, man. We're grooving. We were talking about Boston Scott. I meant to ask you, what's your favorite Boston song? Um... I guess it's the one that everybody says. More than a feeling. That one? Yes. More than a feeling? My friend told me that 
uh, Nirvana was jamming on more than a feeling when they wrote Smells Like Teen Spirit or so, or something like that. And uh, yeah, the chords are pretty similar. So I think that may have been the inspiration for bound and out, bound bound. So that's cool. And I've never put those two together. But yeah, yeah. If, if you hear it, I guess chords are, are similar. So, okay, rugs. Brian Edwards, kind of a kind of a flyer. I'd love to have him on my bench just to see what happens this week. Any hesitation starting Darren Waller? Five straight games oh. with forty-five to sixty-five yards, four to five. He, five straight games where he's been kind of like. Eh. Oh, start yeah, him. Start you him. know what the upside is, and it's the thin tight end position. And this is another team that's been pretty good against tight ends. I just don't know if they've necessarily played a lot of good ones. I I can't help but think that Waller is going to be right back in that main role that he was in each of the previous two seasons now that Ruggs is gone. Mm. Here's an article from September of this year. Did Smells Like Team Spirit rip off more than a feeling? I'm going to try to read that. Uh, Devontae Booker. So Devontae Booker, three of his last four games, three, uh, three of those are starts. One of them was replacing Barkley. He scored 14 or more PPR fantasy points, 12 or more non-PPR fantasy points. The Raiders have been really bad against running backs. Um, Booker, yeah, he's, he's getting like 15 carries and three catches basically per game. So hard to get away from. I was, I don't know. Maybe I'm just buying in a little bit too much the last week, but without Shepard, and probably without Galladay, I think he's going to get plenty of catches, Dave. I think he's in kind of an easy start this week. I agree. And he's he's coming off a season high in targets, catches, and receiving yards last week. He played 93% of the snaps last week. He's played at least 70% of the snaps in four games without Saquon Barkley. He's totally inefficient, but he's getting a lot of work. And the Raiders are another team when it comes to yards before contact per rush. They're sixth worst in the league, 1.8 yards. And they've allowed a touchdown to running back in six of their seven games. Okay. I think that story about more than a feeling is is fake, by the way, as I'm reading this article. So who's the best wide receiver in this game? Is it Kadarius Tony or Hunter Renfro? I believe I've Renfro ranked the highest. The Raiders have which been is s- not fun. It's totally blame. I should be You're embarrassed right. by it. You're right. It's not but fun, but I get it. It's, Tony is a fun player, but I want to see him be great with Daniel Jones. Haven't seen that so much yet. And Those the Raiders were from Glennon. The Raiders give up the third fewest fantasy points to wide receivers. And that's include, you know, Marquise Brown had a DC, he had a touchdown, but 69 mm-hmm. yards. Deontay Johnson was good. Um, Claypool was not really. Waddle struggled. Keenan Allen, Mike Williams, they stunk. Allen Robinson was whatever. Um, Devontae Smith was bad. They've had, look, Sutton had a good game. Mar- like I said, Marquise Brown touchdown. It's Deontay Johnson touchdowns to receivers all year, right? I don't that know, but it's possible. I think they've only given there, up four. There have been some good, but for the most part, they've been very good. Third fewest fantasy points to wide receivers. And Evan Ingram is a sit, even though the Raiders are garbage against tight ends. The Raiders have given up 70 yards or a touchdown to a tight end in five straight games, Dave. Yeah. You can use Ingram as a bye week replacement. Maybe you used him last week, and you were probably happy with him. Maybe he can do the same thing this week. Raiders defense top 12, 19th for Heath. Atlanta at New Orleans. Matt Ryan, he doesn't like him. Uh, Matt Ryan is a sit this week. Just can't trust it. Um, all right, so I just want to say this. I'm not, I'm not going to approach it this way in fantasy. If I had Cordero Patterson, of course I'd start him. 
just kind of feel like he's due for a letdown. He hasn't had one since week one. You know, he's been good every single week, but now he is facing like one of the toughest matchups on the board. Yeah, exactly. And he hasn't run the ball well this year. He's got it. Not efficiently. Yeah, his longest carry is 14 yards. Saints have arguably the best run defense in football. He's going to have to do it in the passing game, but I'm assuming you have faith that Cordell Patterson will. I was trying to think of a of a joke to make here. Please, um, no, I it's I'm not awake enough to to make it good, so I'm not going to do it. I'm just going to remind everybody what does Cordero Patterson do? He he'll get some carries, but he also does a good job in the passing game, and he's this offensive weapon that the Falcons basically would be lost without. Yeah. So I I can't help but think that he's going to get work in the game. He's been so productive. He's played well. Um, all year long, how do you sit this guy? You cannot do it. Yeah, I agree. It just, I guess, I should have absolutely loaded at running back and receiver, where you can well, put him on the bench. Would you start Boston Scott over him? No, no. I had more than As, a feeling that you would not start Boston Scott over him. Mm. So <laughs> See, that's what that's what I tried to avoid doing by not making a joke, but. But you know, I knew my joke wasn't going to be funny. Let people laugh at you as long as they're laughing. Oh, dude, I I was wearing a Bengals helmet and screaming Uzama yeah. at the end of the live stream yesterday. It's true, he was. It was it was wonderful. I've had people feed me sandwiches. Like people laugh at me all the time. I'm used <laughs> to that. Uh, Atlanta wide receivers, no thanks. But if you had to pick one, would it be Tajay Sharp or Russell Gage? Oh God, what a horrible question <laughs> i think i'd still say gauge but i have no confidence in either stooge okay kyle pitts is a start i know Can i say that respectfully stooge is a loving term around here pitts was so bad last week and i told you that i watched every every target or not just that but every pass that matt ryan threw and was it the double teaming i'm sure that didn't help but the biggest problem last week for the falcons i know you saw it too they got whipped up front by yep. a really good pass rush. Again. Yep, that's going to happen key. again. All right, well, that's going to that's gonna hurt, but you can't sit Kyle Pitts unless you had who? I think if you have Kelsey, Waller, Andrews, or Goddard. Goddard, there you go. You got it? Yeah. Got it. <laughs> Taysom Hill, 10th. He's top 12 for everyone. In fact, Dave's the lowest on Taysom Hill at 12th, 10th for Jamie, 8th oh. for Heath. That might yeah, be. we're clearly making the assumption that he's going to clear the concussion protocol and play every snap for the New Orleans Saints, which yeah. I think I think it's likely, but I can't guarantee that it's going to happen. And you know, by Friday night, we'll have a pretty good idea. I mean, you're sitting down to Shabbos, you'll know. <laughs> there have been four quarterbacks that have scored 33 or more points, huge games in seven games against the Falcons. They are Hurts, Brady, Heineke, and Tua. So it's not even like the elite of the elite here. And uh, Jalen Hurts rushed for 62 yards. Daniel Jones, 39 yards. Taylor Heineke, 43. Tua, 29. Sam Darnold, 66 yards rushing against the Falcons. Start Kamara. 33 or more fantasy points to four of seven quarterbacks. I just just said that. Oh. I just said that. You just said it as I was saying it? Repeat, man. Uh, And I said it like uh, 30 seconds earlier. That's okay. We do it all the time. You're sitting there. You're looking at all your cool notes. You're like, oh, I got to say this. You're not paying attention. It happens. 
Happens to everyone. Start Kamara, sit Ingram, start the or sit the uh, Saints wide receivers, and um and the Saints tight ends. Okay, it's funny. Sit the Saints wide receivers, sit the Saints tight ends, start Taysom Mill. He's obviously going to have to rush, uh, and you like the Saints DST quite a bit. They're third for you. Remember, it's a confidence issue too. How confident can we feel in Taysom Hill? Well, we know he's going to run. And that's always a good thing. And he's produced for us that way before. And he's a quarterback. He's going to put the ball in the air to a degree. But which receiver is the best receiver in New Orleans? None of them have separated. None of them can prove that they're the best receiver there. Callaway is the most targeted guy. He's basically the one that's played the most. I know. And that's why I'm just not as convinced on Taysom Hill. You know, I, I, I just, I really think the Michael Thomas factor is a big deal. And, sure. um, even though he was good last year, he didn't have blow-up games, and he faced the Falcons twice. He was good against them twice. But there's only so much you can do when you can't really throw the ball, and, and almost all of his production was with Michael Thomas in the passing game. All right. And, New England, so, and if you remember, a lot of the routes that Thomas ran in those games, they were slants, they were outs. I tried looking to see which one of the receivers left for New Orleans was you know best at those types of routes, and I really didn't get anywhere. Traquan's more of a downfield guy. Callaway's been meh, just in general. Mm-hmm. Deontay Harris is a deep ball guy. Right. The thought I had, though, is that, and maybe this is more for DFS than it is, or a dart throw if you're in a deeper league, is that because that offensive line is so good and because that Falcons pass rush is so bad, they can take shots down the field. And Harris would be one of those guys that Taysom Hill could target. So could Traquan. Yeah. So there are interesting plays this week. They are interesting. All right, let's go to the Patriots and the Panthers. Stat of the game, New England has held Mike Evans to seven catches for 75 yards. That was not bad. Antonio Brown, 63 yards. Chris Godwin, 55. Brandon Cooks, 23 yards. Amari Cooper, 55. Mike Williams, 19 yards. None of them scored. And that is why we are nervous about DJ Moore, as we don't even know who his quarterback will be. It will be Walker or Darnold, probably Walker at this point. Can I say a little bit more on DJ Moore? Yeah. Thank you. In his last four games, he's got a 53% catch rate. He's had some drops. Nine targets that he's gotten have been off-target throws. Three drops from DJ Moore Mm -hmm. over his last four games. His average depth of target is 11.9. That's wide receiver 30 in that category. Mm. They are not using him to his full capacity. He's still not a dominant red zone receiver. His quarterback play has been sus. I'm... (laughs) Very nervous here. And and Belichick fawned over him in a press conference this week. So it's very clear they know that they've got to do something when it's second and 10, third and eight, obvious passing plays to lock him down. I I already know that on Sunday morning when we do our 11.30 a.m. stream on YouTube. You're going to have a ton of DJ Moore questions. No, I'm going to have a ton of fights with Chris about it because Chris is going to go, he's DJ Moore. And I'm and yeah, that's part of the problem is that we can't we can't go off of that when he hasn't been great the last four weeks. He hasn't been great in his career for fantasy because he does not score touchdowns because his quarterbacks suck. I also, like Chris, believe that DJ Moore could be an elite wide receiver. I just don't think mm-hmm. he can do it in Carolina when with the way they've had no, with not their quarterback. Really get a play. better quarterback. Yeah. It's not DJ Moore's fault. That's the thing. Like sometimes, and the difference this week is that I can't really think of 
a lot of wide receivers that I'm starting over him. You know, there have been some weeks where I've been really excited about maybe Kadarius Tony, who sometimes that's worked, sometimes it has. I, I don't know. I I don't love the wide receiver position this week because of the buys. So that you know, so more is just going to be started. But heck, man, I yeah, I'm nervous. All right, uh, Mac Jones, no. Damian Harris is a start, and got to. Okay. Okay, let me see if I had anything on this. They've, the Carolinas allowed just three rushing touchdowns. That's the thing. 4.37 yards per carry to running backs. That's really not great, but they and give it's up. it's not fair. It's not a fair number either. Why? Because they, they, they're a different defense when oh, Shaq Thompson plays. You're right. You're right. So they've missed Thompson for three games. Right. They, they had him back production. last week, and they were better. Yeah. Right. So, so that So, like. You know he doesn't give you anything in the passing game. And by the way, the Panthers give up the fewest receiving yards to running backs. But he's just been scoring bad a lot. Bad for Brandon Bolden. Yeah, bad for Bolden. But okay, you're starting Damian Harris. Everybody's you're starting, starting him Harris. because you know what his role is in this Patriots offense. You'd start him in full PPR. Would you start Harris or DJ Moore? I think I'd start Harris over DJ Moore. Okay, are there any other starts in this game? We'll, we'll talk about Chuba Hubbard. I eh, guess that's it. I might not start Harris over DJ Moore. Yeah, I mean, because you probably have four points on at least four catches points on catches. for DJ Moore. Sure. All right. Would you start Chuba Hubbard? Let's face it; he's not tearing it up as a running back. But he got no. twenty-four carries last week, and that was after this edict to run the ball more. So, Hubbard thoughts? We got lucky with Chuba Hubbard last week. That is simply what happened. Game script went his way. Panthers wanted to run more, but he lost snaps to Amir Abdullah and Royce Freeman last week. Still managed to be the lead guy, even after he fumbled on his very first carry. He's been under three yards per carry in the fourth quarter last week. Patriots have allowed a lot of numbers to running backs, though. 104 total yards to five of the last six quarter running backs that they faced. Houston was the only team that did not get that. And that's teams. It's not just necessarily um, one running back. Oh, no, actually, it is one running back. I take that back. Um, they just don't give up a lot of touchdowns. You're hoping that Chuba Hubbard finds 15-plus touches against the Patriots. And it's not a guarantee that he will. He's a middle-ish to low-end number two fantasy running back. All right, so Dave has Chuba Hubbard ahead of the Broncos running backs, ahead of A.J. Dillon, those guys who aren't starters. But he's just behind Zach Moss and Chase Edmonds ahead of Jeremy McNichols. Low-end starter. Not great, Bob. And that's it. DJ Moore is a start. No Robbie Anderson. No Tommy Tremble. Patriots DST. I would like to give a beat the wave a wire guy. Yes. Oh, yes. I know who you're going to say. Go ahead. Christian McCaffrey. (laughs) No. Terrace Marshall. Terrace Marshall's cleared from the concussion protocol. Robbie Anderson's played like straight doo-doo. And Marshall should get an opportunity. That's one, and that's yeah. another player that Belichick talked about in his press conferences this week was Marshall. And I was at the preseason game in Indianapolis where P.J. Walker started, and he was connecting with Marshall quite a bit in that game. What do you call the area of your house that's outside and, you know, overlooks? No, it's elevated. It's upstairs. You know, you go out on the roof. No. Window. Do you call it a balcony or a terrace? I'm not rich enough to have a balcony or a terrace in, on my house. Nobody has, Florida. It's not a thing in Florida. A lot of people don't have balconies in Florida. But some people say you've terrace. got a balcony slash terrace at your yeah. I have yeah estate. 
my estate, please. I was watching the sunset from my terrace last evening. No, I never go on it. But Looking at my portfolio. I call it a balcony. Uh, Tennessee. Yeah, right. Uh, Tennessee. I see, I see you with your monocle and top hat. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know. Uh, Tennessee at the Rams. I, I found my, everybody who's rich has a monocle and a top right? hat. Right? Everyone. Remember I found my Bezos, glasses the other day. That was big. Eisenberg, everybody. Oh, gosh. Um, you need to, you can't get, you can't get into space without a monocle. Did you know that? That sucks. I don't know when I'm going to get a monocle when I'm stuck with these things on my head. All right. Tennessee at the Rams. I'm going to have to have LASIK just to get a monocle just so I could go to space. All right. Here, let's, let's go through this game. You're sitting Tannehill, although you have him like 15th. So he's not an outright sit. I know you no, want to weigh him against other guys. I know you want to, well, he's not that big, but he probably weighs more than you. Daniel Jones? <laughs> I don't know. That's close. I don't know about that. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Jones is a husky man. So you're sitting the running backs, but you like McNichols better. A.J. Brown's top eight. If Julio plays, starter sit. Low end flex. Stafford is a must. Cooper Cup? You like him this week? Yeah, I think he might catch a few passes. <laughs> okay. Daryl Henderson is a must. Yeah, Cup and Henderson are must. I think Robert Woods is a number two receiver. Higby, by default, is a top 12-ish type of tight end, although he's just been miserable. I feel like we're just, you know, whipping ourselves. So many red zone targets, so many green zone targets. It's And nothing. You're hoping for the touchdown, yeah. I want the Higbeast. Instead, I'm getting the, I don't know. It all goes to Cup. So Henderson, by the way, how about this? There's only been one running back to rush for more than 70 yards against the Titans. And that Uh-oh. is James Robinson. Do you think Daryl Henderson becomes yeah. number 2? I think he's I think he's going to be very good. Okay. I just don't want to call him number 2. Yeah, yeah, no, that was mean. Uh Robert Woods is a number 2 wide receiver. Van Jefferson is is, is, is okay. He's all right. He's a flyer. Brian Edwards or Van Jefferson in a deep league? Brian Edwards or Van Jefferson? Is yeah. that what you said? Mm-hmm. I was looking at something else and I didn't want to say the wrong thing. I would start Van Jefferson over Brian Edwards this week. Tyler Higby or Jared Cook? And I would carry both those. You know, Van could have a meaningful role moving forward now that Deshaun's gone. Not that Deshaun was really keeping him off the field. Ask your question again. No. Higby or Cook? Cook. Higby or Conklin? I have Higby over Conklin right now. Higby. I feel the same way starting both those guys. Higby or uh, Dan Arnold? I have Higby over Arnold. and I get why people like Arnold, because he gets a lot of targets. In PPR, you can make the case for Arnold over Higby, I think. Higby or Friar Muth? Friar Muth. Okay, I think we're done here. Rams DST is top three. Your chauffeur is waiting outside. Yes. Take you from your private studio to... The uh, country club. Every day, my chauffeur brings me to the to the grocery store. I just I let him go in. I just watch from the back of the car, and he just gets me a new bottle of Grey Poupon, a little little Grey Poupon every day, Dave. Just a mm. new one. We don't we don't finish them. We just open new ones every day. Yeah. Um. Actually, the fanciest thing I've been doing is putting a little liquid IV in my water. Good stuff. Promo code FFT on liquidiv.com. Yeah. Delicious stuff. Um, yes. And I'm very parched right now, so I'm going to go hit that up. Thanks to Dave Richard. Thanks to all of you for watching. 
Um, I am Adam Azer. Talk to you on the mailbag. You'll see that Friday on YouTube, Saturday morning on the podcast feed. We've got FFT in five Sunday morning. And, you know, you know how we do it. 10 a.m. Eastern for HQ, 11.30 a.m. Eastern on Sunday for our live stream. And that's it. I'm done talking. See ya. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.